For those of you who are frequent viewers of Tokyo on Fire, you notice that we always wrap Japanese politics in the things that we're talking about. And the reason for this is because in Japan, probably elsewhere too, politics permeates everything. It's been two months since the prime minister reconfigured his cabinet, but the prime minister started his economic policy with three arrows. So among the ideas that are contained in the arrows is the involvement of women in the workforce. Dr. Nancy Snow, you've been watching this very carefully, Womenomics. It really had a, you know, we thought that the prime minister was really dedicated to that. His wife was involved in a lot of different things with, involved with diversity, with uh, childcare and that sort of thing. He's taken a step back and it's rather dramatic. Yes, actually the number that we hear, and I've been to all the women's conferences, was again, targeting 2020, having 30% of the women in the corporate C-suite. That's huge. It's huge, and it was never going to be fully realized. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit mind-boggling to begin with. Now they just came out with this adjusted figure of perhaps 7%. That's, that's a huge drop-off. Right. That signals that perhaps the commitment isn't there. They sort of framed it in, in the press as, well, we, we were really off the mark, and we, we've just got to be realistic Re about this. Reality struck. Reality struck, and what the women are saying, even the women who have made it and they show up on the podium at these conferences, they say, we don't have role models. We don't have other women whom mm -hmm. we can emulate. They're just not there. Two-thirds of Japanese businesses don't have women in any leadership position. So you've got maybe 8% who are in senior leadership and then this 30% in the, in, at the top was, again, sort of completely fantastical. <laughs> well, the prime minister also made predictions about, you know, uh, six trillion in the, the GDP, which is also something that uh, you're wondering where he pulls these numbers out of, and how he's going to be able to get um, the economy back on its feet. And a lot of it is just wish, wishful thinking. I think um, people have called him on that. Maybe this is a... Um, the beginning of his realizing what he can actually achieve, he's beginning to, you know, adjust that to, uh, to expectations. It's a brand image as well. It is. And also, you've got to really think about uh, women in the workplace and sort of redefining the workplace because a lot of women who traditionally were never really geared to have a lifelong career mm -hmm. the way men were here. So they haven't heard that language growing up right. of what is your career going to be? Uh, how are you going to have children and then re-enter the what workplace? What do you want to be when you grow up? And, um, they're turned yeah. off to the workplace uh, because they see men working these excessively long hours and then going to these uh, dinners and drinking parties afterwards. And a lot of women don't want that type mm -hmm. of a lifestyle. And also... This may sound a, a little bit like a joke, but I think there's a real sleep issue here in Japan. I think there's an, an incredible amount of insomnia for men and women. And if you're asking women, besides taking care of the home and the children, to then figure out a way to get back into the workplace, it's an exhausting prospect. Right. Therefore, let's look at what companies are doing, and there aren't too many in Japan doing this, but I, I hope that we'll hear from some who are, who have flexible work schedules, who allow telecommuting. There's no reason that you can't be productive at the same time that you have some 
flex time between your home life and your right. work life. Traditionally here in Japan, it's all about showing up. It's very much the bureaucratic culture experience that I had working for the U.S. government. It was not linked to productivity. Oh, it's kind of a factory mentality. It, it is. Right. And so you're there in case somebody needs to talk to you, but you're, you're sort of just filling in space. And so a lot of that efficient work is lost mm -hmm. in exchange for longevity. Right. Well, I think the, the whole thing, I mean, there, there is a realization that this is all integrated. How you raise children, how you educate them. Are you going to educate them, you know, to learn by rote, to, to stand in military formation, to do calisthenics at their desks before they, you know, start the day? All of these things progress into the work life and, you know, it's changing this and, for example, encouraging women. Why don't you have more children? I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot more that goes before you kind of suggest because that's, that's kind of rude and intrusive, isn't it? Well, to my point about getting more sleep, if you want to have a happier couple and you want to have a, a woman in the workplace who's getting more sleep at night, that translates into people who are just feeling better about their mm -hmm. family life. When they feel better about their family life, they think positively toward the future, right. they think then about Confidence starting a family. Right. So family is not just cost-benefit analysis, but it's also about will having that child or two uh, mean that we'll lose even more sleep that right. we don't have. But it, it really does figure into it. Even Ariana Huffington uh, has written about this. And the Huffington Post, she made sure when she sold the Huffington Post to AOL in 2011. She said, we're going to establish headquarters in New York that will include nap rooms because she could see that a lot of CEOs she talked to and a lot of people who are very creative, they need timeouts, mm -hmm. just like we had when we were kids. Right. And I, I think instead here, what you have are people kind of on this, this treadmill going through the motions, but we need to have people... Uh, who are consciously aware of what's going on and can contribute to society mm -hmm. efficiently so that they can have some leisure time and right. play time and make those kids. Yeah. Well, you've <laughs> said this before, you know, having children in this country, in this culture, people are evaluating, is this a positive or is this a, a negative? Is this a demerit to me in my life, in my career? And I think most people are reaching the conclusion, it is a demerit. Why don't I just stay single? you know, or childless, and I can have a dog, maybe a cat, or That's and right. my life is so much better. And in fact, these women who are at the podium that you were speaking of earlier, who are making the pronouncements, and they are maybe the 8%, they work as hard as the guys. They do. They, they need to go out and, and, you know, show the flag and have the drinks, and they don't get, uh, they don't get uh, second quarter. Well, we need a lot more of these champions for change, both men and women, mm -hmm. And I hope that these women's conferences will open up and, and be less focused on women, but rather focus more on kind of the landscape problems and challenges that Japan has. We shouldn't look at womenomics always as a problem. We should look at it as an opportunity. You've got a highly educated populace of mm -hmm. men and women here. But I just think that there is a lot of sex segregation that's almost like a typecast. Right. And so women get put on that track of thinking about family. And, of course, this has changed. And I met a Japanese woman the other day who's had two children. And the, 
the father is not even that involved in right. in her family, and her children seem very well adjusted according right. to her. And I said to her, "Isn't there a stigma attached to that?" And she said, "Well, it depends on who you ask. Not、mm-hmm. so much anymore."、Mm-hmm. So Japan is making positive change,、mm-hmm. and we need to acknowledge that. But this sort of top-down Abenomics approach was, I think, too pr- too much of a pressure cooker, because you read about it all the time, and then to a young person, it after a while they they just don't listen to、right. the message anymore.、Right. So find out if if that young woman had a role model, that would make all the difference.、Mm-hmm. And I think that we need more training. Of the role models, we need because these these women CEOs, their numbers are so small to begin with. They're getting pulled every which way. Right. So you need to train maybe some of these middle level women, that next generation, to then give back to the younger ones who haven't yet been identified, both men and women, because the men are really key here too to also champion having more women in the workplace.、Mm-hmm. You're talking about a society. That viewed women in the workplace as disruptive, or maybe women would cry, be overly emotional, or an easy add-on. You can take care of it. That's right. A little bit of just window dressing,、right. and we we've got to get rid of these stereotypes. And the only way that those are reduced and not entirely eliminated is to see that adding women and having more diversity and inclusion in the workplace is good for the bottom line. Right. But how about the image that is projected when the prime minister says it's not going to be thirty percent? I thought it's going to be thirty percent two months ago. Forget that. It's now going to be a more reasonable eight percent. Wasn't that kind of deflating or very deflating? Right? right, very shocking. But again, I I don't know who came up with this arbitrary thirty percent. When you're starting way down here, you, you you don't create these false expectations. Right. I'm afraid this happens too often because. I think in the excitement of 2020, maybe people piled on and came、mm. up with these loosey-goosey numbers.、Uh, it would have been perhaps better for them not to say anything because had they not made it and reached eight or nine percent, that still would have been better、mm-hmm. than where they were now. It still would have been a slight increase. Well, this seems a little bit backwards to me. You would expect the prime minister's office to be really good at branding. At the the PR that's involved in in pushing policy, in molding kind of a, a a concept for the Japanese people that sways the vote or at least sways public opinion, and sometimes that that performance just doesn't meet the expectation. What's going on there? Well, I don't I don't want to see womenomics、uh, to have that same eye rolling factor、mm-hmm. that we've seen with Cool Japan, but I think that. Part of the problem is this: it's been the same cast of people who've been marketing、mm-hmm. this message, and you need to expand it. And the way that you do that is actually talk to more people、mm-hmm. and talk to people across socioeconomic conditions.、Mm-hmm. So don't just talk to people in the elite corridors, right? But really get out and. Find out.、Uh, listen to people. There's a rising poverty gap here. There are really rational reasons for not starting a family, and so they have to address that. You can't just say we're not even going to reach the level of the what 2.1 right <laughs> that would keep the、rate. population. Yeah, they've even just said that. I mean,、so、there's no way we're going to be able to do that. And maybe. 
maybe it's not the ideal for us. Maybe we have expanded too much. The, the Japanese economy really took off. We've faltered now, and it's, we need to settle in. Well, one thing that would also connect to Cool Japan, our other discussion, and that is the C word known as confidence. Mm-hmm. And I think the more confident a person has, then you have more of that belief and I can make a change. I'm not just having changes brought down on me, but Tomorrow I can be a change agent. That's today. right. So right. whether it's Cool Japan or it's Womenomics, we have to also work on that confidence of a nation that then impacts the people within it. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the great things about life in Japan is that there are frequently pockets of change that are resisting the force to be in status quo. And these things happen actually very rapidly. And Japan is the kind of place, it's a kind of environment, it's a kind of country where change can happen almost instantly, at least right before your eyes within the span of several months. So we're very hopeful that uh, womenomics and the role of women in Japanese culture and in industry and at the boardroom level will continue to go. We don't think it's going to be 30%. The prime minister has admitted that this goal is not achievable by 2020. He's come down to 8%. And I think if he puts a lot of force into it, it's going to take a lot more than just the prime minister saying that. Please stay tuned to Womenomics here on Tokyo on Fire.